You are listening to the Entrust Podcast. This weekly course seeks to provide theological training within a ministry setting so you can take what you learn and share it with others. Check out more resources at rockycreek.church. For now, here is this week's episode. So we think about cults and world religions, a couple kind of big picture thoughts. We've been walking through how do you share your faith with somebody else who believes something different than you. But what do you get to the point of if somebody believes something very sincerely uh, and they are convinced of it? Uh, when I was uh, in Greenwood, South Carolina, I taught uh, world religions at Lander University uh, for a while. And so if you know that area whatnot, it was a wonderful place for me uh, to really grow and develop because I kind of wanted to have an opportunity to teach New Testament or, or Old Testament. And they said, hey, can you teach world religions? And I said, well, I, yeah, I guess I can. They said, have you ever had exposure to other religions? I'm like, yeah, I have I've gone on the mission field to try to convert people of other faiths or whatnot. And, you know, and they said, oh, you know, I didn't tell them that aspect. They said, sure, that, that will work great. And so I remember going in and beginning to learn this. And something happens when you start learning of what beliefs of, say, uh, a billion plus Hindus believe that do you really believe that sincere people on the other side of the world who believe something different than you, do you believe that you're, they're going to spend eternity away from God? Because it's easy for me to say, well, sure, I believe that, because I believe Jesus Christ is the only way. But when you really start looking at people who are sincere about their beliefs and have a religious system and are doing all these religious things, do I honestly believe that those people are going to spend eternity away from Jesus? So when encountering other religions or cults, it can be difficult to share Christ with people of religious backgrounds effectively, right? When you think about it, there's a lot of things that have to go into it, and it's important to understand shared language and differing beliefs when you come down to it. And so what I want to do uh, tonight is to kind of give some tools in your tool belt to help you. And if you think about it, have you ever had gospel conversations with people of other beliefs? If you have, said yes, sir, I have. You ready? Okay, you got it. So you've had that opportunity. Uh, and probably sometimes if you've had this opportunity that you speak to somebody of a different religion, have you ever come into contact with somebody who knows their stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Like they, they know it. And they're asking you questions and you're like, I thought I was trying to evangelize you. Apparently you're evangelizing me, right? Okay. Like they're, they're coming kind of at you. The, the first time I probably had an exposure to somebody that was very much like sharing uh, different beliefs with me, I was in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I had somebody come up to me in a chopstick store uh, and began, uh, while I was on a mission trip there, he just kind of reached out to me and was trying to, to tell me about how uh, I could find the heavenly portal. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Where do you find that? And he goes, well, my teacher can come to your house in America and show you where the heavenly portal is. Now, I don't have a lot of rules in life, but that's one of them. I don't let anybody come up to my house, tell me where a heavenly portal is, and I don't know you. They're not in a background check or something like that. I, I, ain't, I ain't doing it. I'm not going on there. So I said, I, I'm not entirely sure, but no, can we just talk about truth? And we talked about different things, and I asked him what he thought about Jesus. He goes, oh, Jesus was a wonderful teacher, wonderful man. I said, oh, yeah? Uh, well, what do you think? He goes, oh, wonderful teacher. Everybody should listen to his teachings. And I said, well, like, what about the teachings of love God and love one another? Oh, wonderful teachings. I said, what about, you know, uh, keeping his commandments? Oh, wonderful teaching. I said, what about where he says that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me? And he looks at me and goes, Jesus only meant part of that verse. And I said, how do you know that? He goes, ah, he didn't mean all of it. I said, I think he meant all of it. He goes, I don't. I said, we're out of problem now because I believe that he said that, right? It's in the scripture. Somebody recorded that he said that. And I said, you just said he's a great teacher. I said, my mom was a teacher growing up all throughout my days. I said, she taught elementary school. I said, you know how you know a good teacher? You can trust what they say. I said, so if it, we can't trust what Jesus said, he's not a good teacher. So we either have to say he's a good teacher, we trust what he says, 
or he's not a good teacher anymore. And I said, how, how do you know for sure? And it was almost like we were speaking, just came, like he would, he would go around this other argument. We go to this other situation and I kept coming back to him. And I said, if I were to tell you that you were about to walk into this street in busy Tokyo, when you were about to be hit by a truck, would you want me to tell you, alert you of the danger coming? He said, Oh, I would want you to, to, to alert me of the danger. And I looked at him and I said, danger is coming unless you change. I don't believe this to be true. I don't believe that you can believe what parts of Jesus you want to and add them to your belief. And so sometimes you have these gospel conversations. It can be so overwhelming because they seem so different and so convinced of what they believe. Now, consider this. If we understand cults and other religions, a couple of things to understand. First and foremost, having a basic understanding of other religions is important, Right. Having a basic understanding of other religions is, is important. Now, this may seem overwhelming because there's a lot of religions out there. I am not asking you to be an expert in all religions at all. In fact, I want to encourage some of you, don't act like an expert if you're not one. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in all reality, and, and some of you may have connections to uh, Islamic faith and whatnot. You might know people who've, who've grown up in that. But how do most Americans know, what do they know about Islam? comes from what they see in the news, right? And which is typically terrorist groups. And I would just say this, um, as someone who's studied Islam, uh, terrorist people who believe in jihad don't represent all the understanding of most Muslims that are out there. And so I say that to go, well, is that present in there? Absolutely it is. I, I've read it in the Quran, but I also want to let you know something. Americans, for a, a whole part, are very dangerously believe that they understand Islam when they don't. And you can really offend somebody really quick and lose the conversation by going, I know what you believe. You guys all want to start a jihad. Well, not, not exactly, right? You can be dangerously ignorant and think pretty confident about it. So you want to have a basic understanding. I'm not saying you got to know all the tenets of a different faith, but you want to have a basic understanding. 1 Peter 3.15 says it this way. But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at how many times? Anytime, right? To give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And then the end of the verse says it this way. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. So I want to be ready. If somebody asks me about the hope that's in me, I want to have a defense. And that doesn't mean I have to be defensive, but I do want to have a defense. And there's a difference, right? I want to say, okay, let me, let me walk into this. And I want to be ready at any time so that if you speak to me, I can give a defense for the reason of the hope that's in me. And it should sound different, by the way, if someone says, why are you a Christian? Well, because my, my parents are Christians. And I grew up in the church. I grew up in the South. It should be something different than that. What is the hope that you have in you? And so here's what you need to know a little bit different than a religion and a cult. A cult is any religious group that differs significantly in one or more respects as to belief or practice from those religious groups that are regarded as normative. Okay? A cult is any religious group that differs significantly in one or more respects as to belief or practice from those religious groups that are regarded as normative. So a different religion of Christianity is something like, say, Islam, right? They, they don't claim to be Christian. They are saying we're something very, very different. But there are certain cults that uh, would not consider themselves cults, but would say, oh, no, we're Christians. But they believe something very different than what scriptures teach, right? Cults would be like Jehovah's Witness. Mormons. It's close to Christianity. In some ways, you listen and they say, oh, no, we're Christians. And uh, in fact, uh, you hear the church of uh, Latter-day Saints, right? Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. You hear those kind of things and you go, wait a minute, that sounds very Christian, is it? You want to unpack. A cult is someone who 
uh, will say that they are Christian, but they differ significantly on some, some major issues here. Um, it is possible for cults and other religions to say the same word but have completely different meanings. Okay? So uh, it's very possible for cults and other religions to have this idea. They, they say the same word but have completely different meanings. So um, when you get to some of these things, you might have a, someone who is a part of a cult who will say things that you go, that kind of sounds uh, pretty similar. In fact, uh, somebody one day uh, forwarded me an article that they got in their email, and they said, man, this is a really great devotion. What do you think about this pastor? And I was reading it. I was like, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh-oh. About three-fourths down, I thought, that, that don't sound right. And I just looked down at the, the little fine print, and I realized this isn't the Christian new. This is a cult. You know, that's, that's, and it really sounded very much Christian, about three-fourths of the way through, and then it turns. And so there's something that you may say certain words but have completely different meanings. So here's some key differences in cults and world religions, okay? I'm going to make you an expert in all religions and cults in the next 30 minutes. Does that sound like a good plan here? Probably not going to happen, but I'm going to give you at least some stuff to start with, okay? Uh, let's walk through a few of these. First off, something called Jehovah's Witnesses and the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. You might see the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract Society, and once again, it sounds like, oh, th this sounds like a really good thing, because we're about the Bible, and the Watchtower sounds like a good thing. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, any of you ever had a Jehovah's Witness show up at your door unannounced, kind of unaware, right? Uh, some of you, like, came to the door. Some of you got underneath the window, right, okay, not open the door, whatnot, uh, I, I understand. I completely get it. Let, let's talk about some of the things that are very different. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus is not God, but he is the first and only direct creation of God. Now, with this, I'm going to share you some stuff, but you need to know there's no way I can give you all the understandings of what these cults and religions are, but I want to show you some distinctives, okay, some things that make them alter a little bit different. They believe that Jesus, he's not God in the flesh. He is the first and only direct creation of God. Okay, so for Jehovah's Witnesses, they will speak of, obviously, Jesus, and they will go and talk a lot about the things that Jesus did. In fact, Jehovah's Witnesses, their Bible translation will have all the stories of Jesus, but the difference is they're going to change wordings in it. Give you an example. Um, I asked one time a Jehovah's Witness, I said, what do you do with a passage where the disciples worship Jesus? They go, they, don't, they never worship Jesus. He was just a man. So, well... Uh, actually, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, it says that when he calmed the waters, that all the disciples began to worship him. Pulls out his Bible. No, it doesn't say that. And he, he reads out from his translation, and this is what it says. And all the disciples gave obeisance to him. I didn't even know what that was. I had no, I, I never gave obeisance to him. I didn't think I did, right? Okay. So I, I said, I don't know what that means. He goes, it just means they revered him. And I said, not that the word here is proskuneo in the Greek. It means worship. Like you lay your life down before and give glory to this person. This is not just, I want to revere you as somebody special. This is fall down and worship. They're like, well, it's not in my Bible. Well, your Bible came up a couple hundred years ago and they changed the words on it, right? And Jehovah's Witness, um, Jesus was not crucified on a cross. He was crucified on something they called a torture stake. So you'll read all through the Gospels, and when it gets to he's hung on the cross, it hung on a torture stake. It just changed words throughout all these different things. So you listen and you go, that sounds really biblical. That sounds like the Bible. That sounds just like what I, what, what is that? And you just listen in the more, and here's the thing. Um, by the way, uh, I, I don't know what they do back in, uh, nowadays, but remember back in the day when they also talk about um, 
uh, currency and fake money, how, how the tellers could tell the difference between fake money and real stuff, what do they do? They say, study the real stuff so you know how to spot the fake. So, so I, I'm saying, I, I'm not asking anybody here to be an expert at Jehovah's Witness, but I'll, I'll say this. If you study the word, you can spot the fake when it comes up. Because when they would start saying stuff to me, I'm like, that doesn't sound right, right? Let me just start digging in a little bit more. They also believe that the second coming of Jesus was an invisible spiritual presence that began in 1914. Okay? Jesus has returned. He did so in 1914. He is here on this earth in an invisible spiritual presence. And this is going to how things work out. Now, you might be like me and think, well, if he is present, what in the world is going on, right? Okay? But they are trying to, once again, get away from the idea that there is a physical uh, resurrection and a return of Jesus Christ. They're trying to get away from that scriptural stuff. So they believe that something happened in history in 1914 that caused this. They also believe that the dead only exist in God's memory. That it's kind of when you die, you kind of just gone and kind of move on and there is a belief in the afterlife but there is a much more sense of who gets to go in and who gets to go there and and whatnot um they believe in a little 144,000 in the book of revelation that will go to the highest heaven and i asked a couple of jehovah's witness one time i said how do you know that like i said so god's only granting the 144,000 people in all creation to get that spot they're like yeah i said how do y'all know you two aren't like jockeying for the last spot they're like, oh, we don't think like that. I said, I would. I'd be thinking that all the time. Like, I'm, I'm going to do better than you. I'm getting in. I ain't getting left here, okay? Like, and yet they, they have this kind of mindset. Um, and, and so what's so hard uh, about Jehovah's Witness, uh, and uh, I, I've, I've told one before, I said, I, I want to thank you for coming to my house. You're the only person on this Saturday who cares about my spiritual condition, right? Okay, came to my house to teach me stuff. But you start asking questions to them about what their scriptures say, and they have rehearsed and memorized arguments, and that's all that they can do. And you start asking questions, and they can't, like, they don't, they kind of just go back around and go back around. Um, I got into a place that um, I had asked some questions that the a group of people that had come to my house, and they kept, like, switching out folks to come in every weekend. They finally, um, I said, I would like to ask this question. They said, we don't know the answer to this, but they always told us that we could ask their high official if they didn't answer it, or they could answer it. And said, well, I'm looking forward. I'll, I'll ask this question for you, and I'll get back with you. They never showed up. So I I reached out to the local Jehovah's Witness like center, and I was like, hey, y'all said y'all are coming back on Saturday, and nobody came with my answers. And they, and I finally found out that I was blocked on their list. Like they told, like, just skip his house. And I was kind of really frustrated by this. But uh, I, I would just say, like, um, in this, we, we got into a very good discussion. But I just want to let you know something. I try to say, hey, why don't you take – Take a seat here. here, here here's some water. Let, let's spend some time talking. Thank you. And, and, and as much as you possibly can. And uh, and yet there's very differences and what will sound very, very biblical to some stance, uh, stance will we'll move very quickly. There's another uh, group called Christian Science, right? Christian Science got real famous because of a celebrity who was very, very advocate of it. Well, who was that? Tom Cruise, right? Okay. So if you were like, no, not the Top Gun guy, uh, but he was very adamant about the Christian science faith. It's really why it made a few years ago kind of on the news. Uh, and you go, is this a, a religion about Christianity or about science? It really has nothing to do with Christianity, but uh, Christian is in the title. So people think that it is. Go ahead and tell you what the first kind of core belief of it is. Jesus is not God. Does that sound Christian to you? Okay. Not very Christian. Okay. Um, so... 
Jesus is not God is, is a foundational belief of those in Christian science movement. Um, they would recognize his teachings. They would see him as an important figure, but they would not see him as God. So once again, what do you do with someone who says he's God and they're saying, no, no you're not? Um, some of you may know the name C.S. Lewis. Wrote a book called Mere Christianity years ago. Great argument that I'd always encourage people to to uh, to kind of think through. But what he basically said was, you can't come to God with this patronizing nonsense that Jesus is a good moral teacher, but he's not Lord. Uh, this is what he said. There's three L's, right? That he says, here's your options for Jesus. Either he is uh, a liar, okay? He is a lunatic, or he is Lord. Those are your options. I love this argument, right? Because I think this is good for Christian science or any of it. Um, either Jesus was not God, but he said he was, and he was lying about it. He wanted to deceive people. Well, if he's deceiving people, he's not worth following, right? But he just lied wholeheartedly. He was right in his right mind, but he just trying to deceive as many people as he could. Or either he was lunatic. C.S. Lewis said he had the, uh, I believe he said, the intellectual capacity of someone on the size of a poached egg, as I think the way he said he goes. He's just crazy. You know, he thinks he's God, but he's not. He's just an absolute lunatic. You can't trust him anyway. Uh, in my lifetime, I have met people who think they are the Lord Jesus incarnate, and I go, you're not right in the mind, right, okay? It's just not, I don't believe you. I think you're a lunatic. I love you, and hope that your mind gets restored. Or he is what? He's Lord. He can't be two of these things. He can't. He, he either is Lord who he says he is, or he lied about it, or he's crazy. Okay, you can't come into these kind of stuff. So for Christian science to say he's not God, well, that means that he's a liar, right? He 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 said it because he said he was throughout Scripture, and that even people outside of Scripture at that time knew that to be true. Scripture is not inerrant, as what Christian scientists would also believe. Uh, if you think about what what exactly does that mean, well, in this word here, uh, you see errant is kind of like our word. Anybody want to guess? Error. So scripture is not inerrant. So the, the belief of inerrant is our Bible is without error. What is presented there is truth. And Christian science would say, ah, it's not inerrant. It's got errors in it. It's got problems. Now, what's the problem is if we get to the Bible and we say that some things are inerrant, the question becomes, well, what is inerrant and what is right? You know, you might say, I think this passage is right and I, and I think it's wrong and, and vice versa. We get in all kinds of issues. In Christian science, they also believe that sin, death, and evil do not exist. Sin, death, and evil do not exist. Would anybody like to disagree with those assertions that you're taking? Okay, like, so like, I, I, I see all of those things. People are sinning against the Lord. Uh, death does happen, and evil is very much present in this world today. That is why, also, I would just say this. There are a lot of media people who would not claim to be Christian scientists, but this type of mindset really goes into it. Because have you noticed that in the last few years, something horrible like a, uh, an attack, a terrorist attack happens, and it's like the refusal to say that is evil. They don't want to say it. Because that means that there's a moral standard by which you're applying to, and you go, how do you know there's a moral standard unless you're calling on God? So there's this mindset there. Uh, also, in Christian science, there is no literal physical existence of the material universe. So basically, what we're experiencing is just kind of like figment of your imagination almost, right? Uh, it's not real. It's all kind of we're in this little moment here together. All right, now that you're experts on the first two, let me give you one more, okay? What typically we would call Mormonism, 
most Mormons would not use that term. Uh, most people call Mormons, they like to call themselves the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Okay? Now, why would they want to call that versus Mormonism? Sounds more like Christianity, right? So if you go by a church that says, this is where Mormons worship, you go, I'm not one of those. But this is the Church of Jesus Christ, check, 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 of Latter-day Saints. Oh, later, saint. That's what I am. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm good with that. That sounds good, right? And so it sounds more appealing, sounds more connected to it. Um, what you need to know about Mormons or uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they, they do open up their Bible, and they got some different uh, scriptures, that translation of it. But they also have three sacred books in addition uh, to the Bible. It is the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine of Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. So they have, in addition to the Bible, three sacred books that they've added onto it that are equal footing with the scriptures and teaching uh, the, the ways of their faith. And it's an important kind of way that they uh, describe themselves. So three sacred books, in addition, Book of Mormon, Doctrine of Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price. One of the major... Uh, things that uh, happens um, that the earth is one of several inhabited planets ruled over by gods and goddesses who were at one time polytheistic. Polytheistic means many gods. Okay? Now, um, let me, where Mormonism hit the mainstream uh, a few years ago, there is one state in the United States of America that is the Mormon capital of the world. Does anybody know what state that is? Utah, right? So Utah is predominantly uh, a Mormon. Most people that are in, in Utah are very, very Mormon. Um, also in the polytheistic range, Mormonism isn't as uh, out there as they used to, or I would say um, explicit in this, but they, they very much believed in um, a polygamy, having many wives. And that was very practicing in Utah, but they kind of backed away a little bit from advertising that part of their faith. Um, Mormonism got it probably main stage by a politician that's been very successful in the Republican Party. Does anybody know his name? Mitt Romney. Okay, Mitt Romney uh, ran for president uh, a few terms ago, went up against Barack Obama, and in the Republican primary, there was somebody who took a shot at him to try to expose Mormonism to the world. His name was Mike Huckabee. I don't know if y'all remember this debate or not. I remember it because I was a world religions guy. Some of y'all might remember this. Mike Huckabee in it, who was a, before he was the governor of Arkansas, do you remember what he was? He was a pastor of a Southern Baptist church, okay? So I got aspirations, folks. I want to let you know, okay? <laughs> he was a pastor of a Southern Baptist church. And in the debate, Mitt Romney had gotten ahead of Mike Huckabee. And Mike Huckabee asked, he said, hey, so um, um, Romney, uh, don't you, in your Mormon belief, believe that one day you're going to be the god of your own planet? And the moderator just shut it down really quick, and you could tell this look came over Mitt Romney because that is a belief of the Mormon faith. And Mitt Romney was trying to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I've got these Christian values. And once again, this is not a thing about whether you should vote or not vote for Mitt Romney at this kind of stuff. I, I, I'm saying this. But it was just this moment of exposure there. Well, all of a sudden, it was like, Wait, what do you guys believe? Now, this is a Christian faith. But their belief is that one day that basically that the earth is just one inhabited planet and there is a God of this planet. But there's also gods of other planets. And if you do this right, guess what you get to be one day? God of your own planet. Okay, so that is a foundational belief. 
of the Mormon faith. In this, they believe that the Trinity is three gods born in different times and places. Let me get this for you real quick. Trinity is three gods born in different places, different times and places. This is the concept of what they've got here on the Trinity. And they believe that humankind is the same species as God. Leading you to that belief that one day you could also be God yourself of your own planet. So if you live your life well, one day when you die, you get your own planet and you get to be your own God. Now, I know that in this place today, you kind of feel like we are in a safe environment and we are. Um, and I know that there can be, uh, I, I love, I love you, everybody in here and, and, and the expressions that you kind of like, that's different. If you were to ever talk with somebody who says this, you don't go, y'all believe what? Okay. That kind of ends the conversation really quick. Okay. You know, and, and in here, like, um, when I was teaching world religions, uh, at Lander, I can remember saying I was going to teach them how to read a sacred text of all the different religions. So I said, Hey, first off, we're going to open up what Hinduism believes about creation. And I said, I'm going to ask you guys to read this passage and their scriptures that talks about how creation happens. And I don't want you to give off any type of rude vibes. Okay. I want you just to read this and, and understand what this is. And I can just remember there was this guy in the back uh, and he was a rugby player at the school and he's reading it. And y'all ever see that look like, I mean, he's like, he's just like, Staring at it. I mean, turning over like, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to go good. I'm like, okay, everybody, what did you learn about Hindus? He goes, I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be respectful. That's crazy. I don't care like that. You just started going off of this whole thing. And I'm going, okay, I understand you feel that way, but, but we want to respect other people. Folks, when you get to Mormonism, there, there's some very different beliefs, is it not? You just hear those and you go, whoa, that, that's very different. But it comes across, once again, in the media and in the presentation. Now, it's just like a de different denomination, right? Y'all got Baptists, you got Methodists, you got Presbyterians, you got Mormons. It's not the same. Very, very different, okay? So those are three top cults that we would see here today. I want to give you three uh, major religions that, that you kind of need to be aware of. Um, in fact, when we look at it, uh, I want you to, let me just kind of draw this out for a second. And um, there are, I would say, five major world religions that are out there today. There's additional cults. There's other religions. But if you want to talk about the five mainstays that are very, very big in the world, uh, there's really that come out that you would say Buddhism and Hinduism are kind of tied. And then there are three uh, other religions over here that really are connected uh, at the hilt in a certain type of way. They are Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Now, very different, but let me explain why that these three are together. All three of those beliefs believe that they came from Father Abraham. They come from a monotheistic, right? Mono meaning what? One God. These over here are polytheistic. So they believe in many gods, but these three over here are monotheistic gods. When, when, you, when you talk about, so five major religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. We don't have, obviously, Christianity on here. And let me just tell you really quick what Judaism is. Judaism is the Old Testament and never gets to Jesus. Okay? That's the simplest way I can put it. They are still waiting for the Messiah. So 
uh, for a lot of what I preach today from Exodus, they'd be like, yes and amen, yes and amen. Wait a minute, don't bring it to Jesus, right, okay? They would be fine up to the point of Moses doing this and getting them outside, receiving the Ten Commandments. They'd be all yes and agreeing. But when I say it's a foreshadowing of Jesus and going to the cross, that's when they'd say draw the line at. So obviously now we're going to talk about Judaism or Christianity, but I, I do need you to know this. Um, for those that believe in Judaism and don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, what does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to what? Father, but through me. And that upset so many Jews that they decided to do what? Yeah, get, kill Jesus, right? So this is the, the difference that happened there. They try to stone him at one point. They get the Romans to crucify him at a different place. So these, but these other three religions I want to look at, Buddhism, Hinduism, and Islam, really quick. Buddhism, uh, you're going to find some terms in here that you go, oh, those are cultural terms. I didn't realize that were connected here. In Buddhism, they are looking for salvation as well, but they believe that the problem in life is suffering, right? Okay? Some of you say, I can agree with that. Okay? Suffering is very challenging. But what happens was that there was this first guy that uh, believed uh, that, that he was trying to figure out how to deal with the problem of suffering. And so he went out and he sat under a Bodhi tree one day and was just meditating. And all of a sudden this became clear to him. And what he, ha what he said happened was he became enlightened to how to get off this suffering, okay? So in their mind, salvation is called this term. Anybody know what this term is? Nirvana, okay? And is based upon following the middle path and four noble truths. Now, many of you thought, I didn't know Nirvana was a part of Buddhism. I thought it was what? It was, a, it was a singing group. It was a band back in the 90s, right? Okay. And what was the band about? Here was a guy who was addicted to drugs, so overwhelmingly depressed, suffering mentally, and eventually took his life. He names his band off of what he's trying to get fined. Escape. Nirvana basically means this, escape from suffering. That's the goal. And so he believes... Our Buddhism teaches that the middle path is this. Don't enjoy everything there is to life and don't deprive yourself of everything in life. Find this middle path. Try to get off this suffering deal. And so what happens is nirvana is a cosmic consciousness of a non-personal essence called the void. Now, I know that does not may sound exactly clear to you, but let me just help you understand really quick. It's basically this point of mental enlightenment that one day you get to and say, I don't have to suffer anymore because I have found my path to being free from what is happening in this world. And they believe that suffering comes from a focus on self, right? Now, once again, I listen to that and I go, that ain't bad, okay? Like, I can understand why a lot of suffering comes from the focus on self. But let me tell you what Buddhism teaches, all right? If you go into certain stores, you will find a lot of Buddhist um, statues. Have you ever seen it right? Yeah. Kind of guy that's squatting, uh, legs crossed, big belly, right, okay, for some reason, right? Um, I, I need you to know this. When you see that, people go, oh, that's a statue of a god. It's, it's not. They don't believe that Buddha was a god. They just believe he was a man like you and I who became enlightened and rose above this idea of suffering, and he transcended basically where he didn't have to keep coming back reincarnated over and over again. And this is what they teaches, and you can be too. So the belief is that you die, and you come back as something based upon good or bad, if you did it well or whatnot. But if you do really good, one day you'll escape from the suffering, and you can find your own enlightenment. But here's the difference about Buddhism. You ready for this? 
the path of the original Buddha doesn't have to be your path. You got to figure out your own path. If gods help you, have some gods. If you don't want anything to do with gods, you don't need anything to do with gods. You find your path. And this is why I believe most Americans are closet Buddhists. They never would say that they are. But how many people in America do you believe, like, I got it's up to me to figure out my path, right? I'm suffering, I'm struggling in life, and I'm going to find whatever works for me, and I'm going to be on it. That's kind of the path that Buddhism is on. Now, Buddhism comes from a religion called Hinduism, okay? Uh, Hinduism, uh, the word itself means this, basically the religions of India. India is a uh, country that's got about, I uh, forget, uh, over 1 billion people in India alone, okay? And it's also known as Eastern religions because there is no single Hindu idea of God. So Hinduism is basically like this plethora of religions that you find that starts, originates in the nation of uh, India and uh, it continues to move on from there. They have this idea, there, there really is no single idea, Hindu idea of God. There's probably, if not thousands, potentially millions of gods within Hinduism. Um, there's Brahma, who's kind of, okay, everybody assumes is the creator God, uh, but there's also Vishnu and Ganesh. Uh, there's uh, Kali. Uh, some of you, are Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, right? The, the Kali kind of, this, this whole thing of like, we're going to worship this one little goddess who likes to kill everybody, right? And that, that was kind of this, this point I was trying to make today in today's sermon. They kind of have, hey, here are the good gods, here's the bad ones, here's the really happy ones, here's the angry ones. And here's what can happen. You can worship these seven gods and your neighbor might worship a completely other five different ones and it just works. So one of the things that's challenging is that uh, I have met Hindus who I have witnessed to and then later we'll say, hey, Pastor Travis, guess what? I'm a Christian now. Like, oh, what did that happen? Like, I started following Jesus last week. I'm like, that's awesome. Da, da, da. And then they'll start talking about karma again. I go, whoa, 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 I thought you said you were following Jesus. And they said, I am. You know what they do? They just add Jesus to their whole collection of gods. Just want to let you know this. And the whole way that Jesus thinks, he does not play well with other gods, okay? Uh he is by himself, and there, there is no other, right? But this is kind of the idea. They believe very much so in this thing called what? Karma. It is the debt of one's bad actions. So, most likely, most of you would not say that you are a Hindu. I believe this. I'm looking around the room. I don't think I know anybody here who says you are a Hindu. If you are, okay, we, we'll work through that. We'll talk later, whatever. But how many of you have ever seen somebody who's very rude gets something handed to them and we say what that's karma okay right so this comes from hinduism which is this belief if you do good good stuff happens to you if you do bad bad stuff happens to you let me tell you the karma buster in this history is is none other than jesus christ because he only did good and the worst evil had been done to him and so i just want to let you know something uh uh do we believe? We believe in Christianity. Paul says it really great in Galatians 6. Hey, you reap what you sow, right? But I do not believe this. God is going to make you pay for every single bad thing that you've ever done. I don't believe that's possible, but this is what karma believes. So what happens is, uh, in Hinduism, they deny the Trinity, uh, deny the deity of Christ, sin and salvation by Jesus Christ. So if someone says they're Hindu and they also are Christian, they're basically just saying, I'm just adding Jesus to the other 23 gods that I believe in. 
And that for them is no problem. Uh, so they deny the Trinity, deity of Christ, sin, and salvation by Jesus Christ. Also, know this, uh, as Christians, we believe in resurrection. You die, but that one day will we'll be resurrected to go to heaven. Hinduism replaces resurrection with this thing called what? Reincarnation. And grace and faith with this thing called works. So um, here's what this belief is in Hinduism. We are all on this wheel uh, of life. And so we are living our life and going around. And basically you're, you're stuck on this wheel. And what happens is this. When you end this life, a Hindu would believe this, that the gods are going to weigh all your good deeds versus your bad deeds. And if you've done more good things than bad things, then the next time you, you die, and that moment that you die, you come back to this world as something else. You're reincarnated. They have this thing in India called a caste system, C-A-S-T-E, that basically means this. You're a part of this socioeconomic ladder. And if you do really good, guess what? Next time around, you're going to be one step up. But you can do bad, and guess what happens? You go down, and you go down, and you go down. The, the lowest caste system, the lowest class of people in India are called the outcast. That's where that, that term comes from. They are outcast. They are basically not even worthy of dead people's clothes. And you can actually go lower than the outcast. You can come back as an animal or even a tree or a plant or something like that. So with that, the whole reincarnation is you come back as some other life force, and if you do good, you go up. If you do bad, you come down. And over and over and over again, in fact, Hindus will say, I don't know if I'm on my 700th life. I have no idea. But I'm hoping that one day I'm going to keep moving up, and one day I'll be free. Being reincarnated over and over again. And how do they do that? It's not grace. It's works. You do better. More karma coming to you, and you get a better chance. The last one we'll look at real quick is Islam. Um, in Islam, the name for God is Allah, and Allah is paramount. In their belief, he is the true God, and Muhammad is his chief prophet. The prophet Muhammad, who came a few hundred years after Jesus, uh, was a man who lived in an area near Jewish people. He says that he went into a cave one day. He had a vision from the angel Gabriel, who says, you will be my prophet. And Muhammad said no, and the angel Gabriel grabbed him by the neck, began to choke him until he was about to die. He tapped out, and he says, I submit. Finally, I'll do it. And the name Islam means one who submits. Muslim means one who submits. So the whole religion got started. Muhammad got choked out by angel Gabriel, and he said, you will be my prophet, and here's what you're going to do. I'm going to give you these visions in the cave, and I'm going to correct everything that Judaism and Christianity got wrong. So he's learning from Jew he's learning Judaism and Christianity from Jewish neighbors. And then he came coming back one day and said, "Hey, I've heard that Isaac was the second son of Abraham, and I don't believe that Isaac was the one that sacrificed. I believe that Ishmael was, and all of my people came from Ishmael, and we are the first and right to Father Abraham." And so, if you look at the political war that's happening in the Middle East, it all happens from this family drama right here of what they are arguing about what took place. In Islam, they believe Jesus was not the son of God. He was just a spiritual guide. They believe that Jesus was a good teacher. He's mentioned in the Quran. I've read it. They've, they've talked about the good things that Jesus did, but they do not believe that he was the son of God. In fact, just like Muhammad changed things in the Old Testament, he also changed things in the New Testament. It says that Jesus was a great prophet and is next in line to Muhammad. But Jesus did not go to the cross, but right before he was gone to the cross, a substitute took his place.
Now, does that, that changes the message of Christianity just a tad bit, right? The message of Christianity is Jesus came to be our substitute, and Islam teaches somebody became a substitute for Jesus. That's where I'll say you can respect all different types of religions, but both of those cannot be right. One of them might be right, but both of them can't be right, right? And so they believe Jesus was not the Son of God, just a spiritual God. The Quran uh, is their scriptures. It is the perfect word of Allah. Um, it's 168 chapters, I believe, or 186, 168, I believe. Um, here's what you need to know that's different about the Quran. If there's 168 chapters, chapter number one is the longest chapter, and chapter 168 is the shortest chapter, and that's how they ordered it. And the problem in the Quran is there's different places here and here that contradict each other. Give me an example. In the Quran, it teaches at one point, Muhammad said, don't argue with the believers in Christianity or Judaism. We're all on the same team. Don't argue with them. Same faith. And another point in the scriptures, it says, lie in ambush for the infidels, the Jews and the Christians, and kill them if they don't convert. Now, can those two things be same scripture? The problem is this. They believe that one of them is the more accurate thing, the one that came later called progressive revelation, but they're not in order of the timing they came there in the order of the size. So you have some people who believe in Islam say, kill the infidels. And some go, we just are correcting Christianity and Judaism from their mistakes. Now, which one you follow completely changes the trajectory of your religion. Make sense, right? That's why we have a lot of conflict that's going on here. And by the way, if all of you are like, this is overwhelming me, or some of you are like, this is exciting me, I just want to know more. I'm so glad you asked. So at next year, uh, when we have this class starting January, we're going to look at a New Testament survey. But in the fall, we're going to do a complete overview of world religions and go deep dive into all of these so you can have a better understanding of this. Real quick, we'll be done. Witnessing the cults and other religions. Um, I want you to understand this. Understand that all cultic belief systems manifest intolerance for any position but their own. So Christians, we often get labeled as intolerant. Folks, there's not a religion in a cult that's not intolerant. If you believe that it's right, guess what you're going to tell? If you don't believe what I believe, you're wrong, okay? And I just say this, any belief that's worth holding, you better believe, right? <laughs> like you want to say, like, I, I'm going to own this. I really do believe this is accurate. So... A lot of times it manifests intolerance for any position their own. Um, as you are witnessing and you're trying to uh, share Christ, become a source of neutral, objective data, right? You know, what does that mean? I know in here I can get animated and I can start talking about stuff. But when I'm in a conversation with somebody who believes something different, I want to ask questions. I want to say things about what faith is. I don't want to come across condescending. I don't go, I can't believe you people believe like that. That doesn't even make any sense. Like that just ends the conversation, right? In fact, a lot of times I'll go, I'm so interested in that. Can you explain a little bit more in that? Because I read the scriptures that says that, but you're telling me, how, do, how does that work, man? Like I, I just would love to know, right? Be, be eager to find out. You ask the questions to them, figure out what it is. And you also want to, there's a couple of also typos in this next line here. Uh, communicate love and sincerity to those in isolation from the Christian gospel, Okay. Uh, communicate love and sincerity. So if you're going to be able to present anything, show love, be sincere when you give this. To those who are isolated from the Christian gospel, don't be rude, don't be defiant, don't be a jerk. They've seen plenty of people do that. Uh, allow them to at least see hope with you. And remember, the goal is to share Christ, not win an argument, okay? 
goal is not to go, man, you, you wiped the floor with me. Like, you got me. Like, the, their goal is for them to go, I see Jesus and I want to follow him. If I think through uh, people in my life, and I, I can even remember uh, someone recently that was grown up in a Muslim country, uh, coming to faith in Christ, uh, came into my office one day and said, hey, I want you to tell me about Jesus. And I started to tell him about Jesus. He goes, I'm ready to follow him. I was like, well, that was quick. Well, what happened was, Many people in this church continue to share the gospel with this person over and over and over. And, and Jesus became compelling to this person and said, even though I've grown up in this, I've seen the truth. And it wasn't my people being condescending. It was people saying, come into my home. Let me involve my, my life into your life and, and be kind. And so with this, the main thing I would ask you to walk away from is this. To know a counterfeit, keep studying the real thing, right? Know your faith so that if you come into contact with somebody, you know the questions to ask. And also, I know I've said this a few times, but I'll say this again, at least for tonight. Somebody asks you a question from a different uh, faith and you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Say, that's a really good question. Never thought about that. Can I do some studying and get back with you? That's a much better answer than, you know, I think this and going off something into heresy, okay? Like, just stay as clear away as you can. Uh, Father, tonight as we conclude this time on discussing... Uh, uh, cults and world religions and so many things that we need to unpack. We, we know this, that so we read this and, and 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 hear some of the things that are going on in the world, and it causes us to really question what some people believe and to know that there is, while we believe there's truth, there's also a lot of deception out there. And Lord, I believe that there are a lot of uh, satanic forces that have led people astray in very well-intended devotional practices and religious systems. Deep down, God, we want people to know the truth. And to do so, we have to be people who know what it is and share it in a sincere and loving way. So, God, as you give us those opportunities, allow us to do that faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Entrust Podcast. Make sure to check out rockycreek.church for complete notes and additional resources. You can also subscribe to this podcast. We hope that you take what has been entrusted to you here and give it to another.